Well, grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This evening we continue on with that same series of living a, a Lent life. A life that is on loan to me and to you from God our Heavenly Father. One that he provides and trusts unto us to be able to serve him with and to be able to serve our fellow man. I hope during this journey of Lent we've been thinking about what that really means and challenging ourselves as faithful Christians to be able to see how we are doing with that. What does it look like as an individual for you today and this partnership you have with Christ to live this Lenten life? There's a lot of challenges that we have on this earth. A lot that, that Jesus faced that we heard about in our gospel text for tonight. If you've been following along on the Bible study that Pastor Mark and I are doing together on Wednesdays, we've been talking about how Mark, within his scripture in the Gospel of Mark, makes these sandwiches to be able to show his reader or his hearer exactly who Christ is, going back and forth and making these great allegories that really show us to the point what our Savior has done for us. I was hoping tonight we could take some of that similar uh, text and be able to look at a similar fashion of how Mark explains who the Lord is to us and do the exact same thing here tonight. Let's begin with a, just a small question then. Have you ever heard someone say the phrase, I can't believe in a God who... fill in the blank. I can't believe in a God who would allow bad things to happen to, to good people. I can't believe in a God who would allow sin or the devil to run rampant in this world. I can't believe in a, in a God who would tell me to pray to him and then would, would not answer my prayers. You've heard all these different things before. They're here with us in our world, within our society. But are they really true? Maybe they are in the minds of some people. There are a lot of bad things that happen in our world. I saw the story of a mom who was cooking dinner for her six children. She lived in the country of Haiti, one of the children had gone outside to be able to play. Five of the children were in the home with her. They were doing their homework and also just finishing up some chores. And all of a sudden, as she's cooking just this small meal, all they, they had, they lived in poverty of just beans and rice, just to be able to have enough sustenance to be able to get by, their apartment started shaking. Things started falling in the house. This massive earthquake happened and things began crumbling down around them. They lived on the bottom floor of a six-story apartment and in just seconds, the entire thing collapsed upon their family. The mother was able to, to get out through the rubble as she was in the kitchen, one of the strongest parts of their apartment, she was able to get to her child who was outside all alone by herself 
but the other five children were, were stuck inside the home. They were buried alive in this earthquake. Maybe you haven't faced a tragedy that is this bad. I bet there's some of us here tonight that have in some way, that have lost somebody that we love, a family member, a close friend. And even if you haven't done that, there's all the other problems on this earth that you are currently facing or have faced before in your past. Maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's your health that is declining or the health of your spouse. Maybe it's relationship problems and just broken friendships that are around you. All of us have faced those things. Maybe you haven't just heard it in the world, but maybe in those moments, you yourself have said, or at least maybe thought just a little bit, it's, it's tough. How can I believe in a God who would allow these things to happen? Move with me to that gospel text that Pastor Mark read for us tonight. We've been following Jesus on his journey, step by step. And in the moments just leading up to our text for tonight, we hear that Jesus has been arrested. We hear that Peter has denied him. And in this moment, Jesus is taken before the religious leaders and before Pilate and Herod, and he's falsely accused of all these different things. Everybody wants a different piece of God in this moment. Herod thinks, Jesus, you should, you should do a trick. I've heard about you. Show me something, God, that you can do. Then maybe I will believe. Then I can believe in a God who would do something like this. Pilate doesn't want to have anything to do with him. I don't want to believe if he's a god or man. I just hope that at the end of the day, these people and these people don't come together and get too mad at me to throw me out of my position. The religious leaders just want to get Jesus out of here. They don't care who he is. Some of them know that he can do these things. They have seen him do these miraculous things, but they know that pointing to him as God, again, is going to decrease exactly who they are. And so in this moment, Jesus is, is caught. He is stuck. But is he? Jesus is, is God. He can do anything he wants to in this moment. He can stop all this from, from occurring, all these bad things that are happening to him. Well, what about not Jesus? What about, what about his heavenly father, our heavenly father? God can come down in this moment, and he can stop these bad things from happening to Jesus. There's still time. He's only been arrested. Some people have denied him. He hasn't been beaten yet. He hasn't been hung upon a cross. God can figure out a different way, a way that, that doesn't seem bad in our minds. Think about Pastor Mark's sermon on Sunday. If I were God, I would... And he said, stop yourself right there. Because in this scenario, we would think, well, if I were God, I would maybe wouldn't have to put Jesus to death. I could figure out a different way to get beyond this. Even Jesus himself in this moment could stop it, could he not? We say that he is God. We say that he is all-powerful. We know that he can do it, but he, he doesn't. Does Jesus for even a moment think to himself? In this moment, 
do I really believe in a God, in myself, a God who would do this? No, he holds on to something else. He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't change the course, but he holds on to that path. In fact, he holds on to to hope, even in this moment of darkness. Think about how dark this was for Christ. His friends have denied him. He's falsely arrested. He knows where this is going. Think about how dark this was. But he still hopes. He hopes in the plan that God has laid out before him. He hopes for you and me, even at this time, knowing the sin that he is going to go to for the cross to be able to pay on our behalf. So move with me now to that epistle text that we heard. Christians, just like you and me, who are being held under just great slavery at this time, great oppression, and Peter writes to them to be able to give them hope, not hope that Peter creates, not hope that they artificially create themselves, but hope that they can have in their Savior. Review with me, as he says in 1 Peter, in all of this, you greatly rejoice in all of your suffering, though now for a little while, while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. All those things that you are going through or have gone through, all those things that I mentioned, the ones that I didn't mention, there's a lot of bad things that happen on this earth. But Peter says, stay the course. Have that hope in Christ. Don't let your faith just be tested right now, but have that strength to press on with our Lord. Because in those final moments, he says, he will be revealed in all of those things with him. Jesus in our text today stays the course. He doesn't stop his arrest, doesn't stop his betrayal. He follows that path that leads again to super dark place he comes down off of that cross that lifeless body and he's thrown into that dark tomb the stone rolls over the entrance and in that moment it seems that everything he said wasn't necessarily correct that he wasn't strong enough that maybe he wasn't intelligent enough, that he wasn't godly enough. How could I believe in a God that gets put to death like a criminal and gets thrown inside of a tomb to be sealed up and to be forgotten about forever? Seven days went by after that earthquake had occurred in Haiti. It was in 2010, It was a 7.0 earthquake, killed 230,000 people. After the seven days went by, the aunt of those children went to that apartment site, just filled with rubble, and began digging through, looking for pieces, remains that she could find, anything to salvage for this family that was already so poor 
and now had lost these children. It was eerily quiet as everybody had gone and abandoned the area at this time. And she heard a small cry. She began to dig and dig in the, in the rubble. And in that moment, a group of people came around the corner, 20 people from America who were there to come and offer some type of relief effort. For four hours, they, they dug by hand and dug and dug and dug until a little boy was lifted up from the rubble. One child that came out, and then another child who came out. Two of these children who were trapped down there without food, without any water to be able to get to, a week later that emerged, they were forgotten about. They were left for dead, but now they saw that life. Peter says this is what we are to look at tonight, that life that God constantly gives unto us. That's why he finalizes his writing for us this evening. He says, though you have not seen him, that you are not seen Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Peter says, this is a lot of bad things that you are going to go through while you are here on this earth. There's a lot of bad things that Jesus had to go through while he was here on this earth. Death is something that all of us will face. Pain is something that all of us will face. And if you told me right now that death is all I had to look forward to, pain is all I had to be able to live for, I might say the same thing. What kind of a God is that? Why would I want to believe in a God that death and pain is all that he had to offer? But that's not the story with our God. Our God offers us something so much different. A God who comes to us even in the midst of a tomb that is dark and cold and dreary, and he opens it up. He takes that fracture from us, and even in that moment, provides life. I hope when you hear about that life that God offers us from the rubble of that empty tomb, you too will be able to receive the hope that he gives through his son. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, we, we come to you in this time of Lent. Uh, we ask that you will encourage us and that you will strengthen our faith, uh, that you will push us, Lord, and that even in those times when we are tested, that we will be able to rely upon you and that we will be able to grow in our faith that you have provided. Continue, Lord, to be with all who are here or online tonight that are suffering and in any way that you may be that, be that great physician unto us to give us your, your healing power and that we will miraculously see that gift of life that you can provide. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.